This is a CQ University Australia podcast, where we talk to some of the university's interesting characters. Okay, today we're talking with Mel Heyman, who's the head of CQ Uni's health science course and a physical activity researcher. Mel, can you just go back a little bit? We're going to start right back at the beginning for Mel. Tell us about where you grew up and um, what family life was like for you. Oh, okay. Um, So I spent the majority of my childhood two hours west of here in Blackwater. Um, Blackwater was known for coal mining, um, still is. My mother was a teacher, so and she was also a single parent. So both my brother and I grew up in Blackwater and um, went through primary and secondary school in Blackwater. And then obviously I moved into Rockhampton to commence uni. But I just remember at that point in time, Blackwater was a really community-based place. So all of the fathers were working in the mines and the mothers were involved in the schools or involved in sporting organisations. And every single afternoon I was doing some sort of sport. So whether it was playing touch footy or basketball um, or netball, it yeah, that's that's how I remember growing up. So it sport was, played a pretty big role early on oh absolutely um and I think sport taught me a lot of lessons as well you know it's it's not just about uh winning and competing it's about learning how to lose um learning to take instructions from different people learning to work as a team um and I think that you know growing up taught me a lot of really great values and that came from playing so much sport yeah growing up what was school like for you did you like school School was school was great. Um, I was, how would you describe me at school? I played a lot of sport, but I was also academic at the same time. So could you kind of could you say that I was almost a sporty nerd? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, so I did the physics and the chemistry uh, and and did that, but took every single opportunity I could to be away playing sport. So I was away playing cricket, uh, which is something I would never play. But it, it got me an afternoon away and I got to do something different. Um, but no, school, school was great. Yeah. So do you think it was inevitable that you ended up in the work that you do? Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, it, sport was never pushed on me. I also played uh, the alto sax growing up. Um, but mum was always very, very supportive of, of doing anything that we wanted to do. Um, and I think it got to about grade 11 when I was playing some representative netball and I had a really extensive and intensive training program that I had to stick to. And it was my music teacher, actually, that turned around to me one day and said, Mel, you need to make a decision between music and sport because you can't do both. And I chose sport. I chose sport because I thought it was... I loved my music and I really enjoyed it, but it just wasn't the same as sport. And I thought I could always go back to music if I wanted to. Um, and I still love sport and I think it's, you know, that's, that's how I ended up here. I enrolled in uni, not knowing what I wanted to do. I just knew that I love sport. Um, and I figured something will come out of it. Uh, so I did my exercise science, which is human movements back then. Yeah. So that's. Okay. And how did you enjoy that? And was it what you expected or? Ah, uh, well, I didn't know what to expect. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I changed my major three times <laughs> because, again, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but uni was great. And, and back in that day, all of our, all of our um, teaching and all of our courses were on campus. 
So we had a great environment. We had a great group of friends that we, we went through the whole three years with together. Um, yeah, and it was, you know, I'm still in contact with a lot of those people today that I did my undergrad with. Um, but no, it's, uni was uni. It was trying to find the balance between being at a nightclub uh, and studying. Um, but, you know, uni, uni was great. Took my time. I, I did the three years over four uh, just because I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, but, yeah, it was... So how did you end up here teaching? <sighs> so at the end of my undergrad, I got a job at Bond University on the Gold Coast and I was there for five years running their sport and recreation program for their students. And that involved working a lot of nights and a lot of weekends. So I was predominantly working when everyone else was playing. And I just, it, it started to impact my life because I wasn't able to play my sport. And when I'm not playing sport, I'm not the happiest of people. Um, so I decided, well, I can't do this for the rest of my life. What else can I do? And knowing that I love sport and knowing that I was passionate about it, I decided, well, why not education? Because education would enable me to share my passion for sport and physical activity and to hopefully influence others. Keeping in mind that my mother was a teacher and I grew up seeing how we'd walk down the street and other students would say, hey, Mrs. Fletcher, how are you going? And I just thought that was the coolest thing that a student would actually say hello to a teacher, you know, when they weren't required to do so. So... I decided to undertake an edu- a master's in educational practice, which I completed at Bond University. And that then actually resulted in me moving back to Rockhampton to take on a sports coordinator teaching role at the Cathedral College, TCC. I was there for five years. Um, I fell pregnant and had my beautiful baby boy and just enjoyed being a mum and didn't really want to go back full time. So I remember having a coffee with uh, Professor Pete Rayburn and I said to Pete, I said, Pete, what should I do now? Do I become an EP, an exercise physiologist, or do I do my PhD? And he said, Mal, mate, PhD, just do it. And that was it. Um, (laughs) It sounds like Pete. (laughs) Honestly, that was it. So the decision to do my PhD was was made over a coffee with Pete um, and one and and. Uh, progressing through my PhD I took on a lot of contract teaching with exercise science and that turned into a full-time continuing role here uh, with human health and social sciences wow yeah (laughs) (laughs) what does that your job actually entail I mean from day to day what's the logistics of it I have the best of both worlds so I get to teach And I also get to pursue my research. Uh, So at the moment, I'm teaching two research-based courses. Go figure that I'm a researcher. And I love it. It's a first and second year course. And uh, then I also get to do my research as well. So I get to continue my work that I developed from my PhD. Um, So yeah, it's it's great. Excellent. Um, So you've got a research project called Fit for Two. Yes. Tell us about that. Oh, uh, how long do we have? <laughs> uh, no. So Fit for Two is a, it's basically an intervention that's designed to help pregnant women increase their physical activity because we know that pregnant women who are physically active have healthier pregnancies and also have healthier children. So there's really that ripple effect. And when we take into consideration inactive um, 
you know, the inactive population of Australians today and the, the huge burden of obesity in Australia, you know, we've got two and three adults and one and four children that are now diagnosed as being overweight or obese. So that's a huge health problem for us. And knowing that my research can help to overcome those barriers. So if we can get mum physically active, we know then through the fetal programming that happens while she's pregnant, that her child is more likely to be physically active. So if her child is physically active, then that helps to decrease obesity and other cardiovascular um, outcomes. So Fit for Two is web-based and it's computer tailored. So I was very, very fortunate to have been able to work with the Physical Activity Research Group um, led by Professor Cornel van der Lonte, and use his software to develop the, the tailored physical activity intervention, which we call Fit for Two. So basically it helps pregnant women to become more physically active during pregnancy. Okay. So, <laughs> so your sample groups that you're using for the research, is that just from the local area? It has it- been from the local area, and it's been from the local area because with research you have to have as much control of it as possible. And so we, we chose to do a small feasibility study to start with because a web-based computer-tailored intervention such as Fit for Two, had never been tested before among a pregnant population. So we know that uh, tailored websites work and we know that they can increase physical activity, but this was the first in the world to ever look at running that type of intervention among pregnant women. So we wanted to test the feasibility of it first. Um, We had great results and it was effective. So now what we're doing is building upon that and looking at whether or not Fit for Two can be integrated into routine care. And the best thing about the the software that we use is that it's cost-effective, it's wide-reaching and highly sustainable, which means that if we do want to scale up and we do want to go bigger, then we can literally do that at the click of a button. So it's about testing it in a controlled environment to start with, knowing that the potential is really endless. Mm. So how, how do you foresee that actually making an impact on communities into the future? Well, the the great thing about Fit for Two is that it has uh, a high reachability and it's cost effective, which means that we could potentially provide a free service to all Australian pregnant women at, at the click of a button. It means that they can access an effective intervention that will help them to increase physical activity. They can complete it in their own home at their own convenience at any time they want to. So, you know, we... We feel like we're really onto a winner with that. What is the next step with the research? The next step is uh, looking at how we can integrate physical activity into routine care. So we know that we have an effective intervention. We also know that pregnant women are far more likely to change their behaviour in a positive way if they're instructed to do so by their medical practitioner. So if our medical practitioner tells us to increase physical activity we're more likely to do so. So what we want to do is look at how we can translate and transition Fit for Two into routine care. So that study um, is actually in the developmental stages at the moment. So we'll hopefully have that up and running in the next couple of months. So pregnant women will walk into a waiting room and they'll be handed an iPad and they'll sit down on their iPad and they'll complete a couple of questions. What will happen then is the program will provide tailored advice and it will print out as a snapshot piece of information within the GP's clinic. So the GP then picks up a piece of paper off the printer, 
and he can then provide the pregnant woman with tailored advice. So this is what you were doing previously, this is what you're doing now, and here's how you need to change that behavior. Provide some recommendations, and then what the pregnant woman gets is she gets that tailored advice, but also endorsed from her practitioner. It means it's convenient for the practitioner because they don't need to spend a lot of time. Um, And it also means that we can reach pregnant women and provide them evidence-based best practice advice that is then provided by the GP. What's the feedback been like from the actual GPs? The GPs are really positive because at the end of the day, it helps them to provide information. So we know that general practitioners, uh, OBGYNs, don't receive any sort of formal training or really any professional development when it comes to physical activity counselling, especially in pregnant women. So for them, it's helping to, you know, um, address the gap. It's helping them to provide a service, but it also means that they can provide the service with confidence knowing that it's based on evidence-based practice and it's time efficient because it adds no additional time to their already busy consultation process. So apart from this particular research, is there other research projects going on in the background? Uh, look, Fit for, there's a lot of different versions of Fit for Two. So we're, we're really looking at the translation. Um, Fit for Two is just physical activity based. And within majority of populations, we know that physical activity goes hand in hand with nutrition. Okay, so they really marry up in terms of that. So one of the other projects that we're looking at is how we can increase Fit for Two now. So it's not just physical activity, but also nutrition. So that's something that we're looking at. Um, And again, looking at whether we can modify and manipulate Fit for Two so that it's not just a once-off consultation, but so that every time a pregnant woman comes in to see her practitioner, she gets continued feedback that that is really personalised and builds on not just that instant, but feedback that she received before so that she can really um, benefit from that personalised physical activity advice. Is there any feedback from, from the, um, the pregnant women that you've been involved in from the, um, from the program? Is there any anecdotal stories that you can share that how yeah. it's affected them? Yeah, you know what? It's, um, it's been so lovely. Our intervention when we did it as part of my PhD, the, you know, the participants agreed and strongly agreed that they would have liked to have continued to use Fit for Two throughout the remainder of their pregnancy they they loved the website they thought it was credible it was easy to use it was highly engaging it was reliable which is really important for pregnant women and that they also received the that the people the participants within the intervention group felt that the the information they received because it was tailored had far more of a significant uh, outcome on their physical activity behaviors and we were able to increase their physical activity behaviors so this is all really positive for us so we'd like to be able to take that now and build on it and build on it so that you know one day maybe it's not just about physical activity and it's not just during pregnancy so ideally uh, you know the dream goal is to have a physical activity nutritional intervention that's readily available for all Australian pregnant women and not just during pregnancy but also transitioning into postpartum What's the future hold for Mel? Next five years, ten years? Oh, got plans? <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. Um, look, I just, I just want to keep doing study after study after study. Uh, I love my teaching. 
So it's it's something that I want to continue to build on and continue to make better experiences um, and, and my teaching better for students. So it's just about just doing what I'm doing and, and keep my head down and, and keep working away and see where five years, see where I am in five years' time. <laughs> um, your love of physical activity and sport, what do you actually do? Wow. Well, um, at the moment, I'm not able to do too much at all. Um, I actually snapped my ACL in my right knee. So that's your anterior cruciate ligament. And that was uh, five weeks ago. So at the moment, um, I'm really struggling, to be honest. Um, That must be tough when you're so used to being so active. It is. Physical activity activity for me is it helps me to de-stress. Um, it gives me those those highs that you know other people get from different things. So it's it's a part of me. And when you take physical activity, it's a re- it's really really not so much a physical struggle, but it's a mental struggle. Um, not having those highs and not feeling great and, and not being able to do that has been really difficult. But surgery next week. Um, okay. Yeah, and then. It's a long haul from there. So recovery from an ACL is traditionally anywhere between 8 to 12 months. Um, and it's, it's starting at the very basics. It's, it's really learning to walk again. So that will be a struggle in itself. But um, So what have, you, what have you been used to doing? I mean, what's the normal day of oh, activity for you? Uh, I love to run. Um, I love to play netball. Um, Netball's been pretty much it for quite some time now, um, but I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a great setup at home. I have a two-bay shed that, that's set up with everything that I need. So every afternoon or every second afternoon, I'm doing something. I'm, I'm punishing myself. But again, punishing myself is what makes me feel good. So um, yeah, just everything and anything really, mm-hmm. just rock up and, and decide what I feel like doing and away I go. So awesome. yeah, yeah. I've been swimming the last few weeks and I don't like swimming I'm not a fan of swimming um, but it's something you can do but it's something I can do and I, I whinge and I complain until I get there and I still complain when I get in the water because they say it's heated but for me it's not heated um, but as soon as I start it's just it's that feeling so even though I hate swimming it's that feeling that you know once you finish you just you feel as as you feel on top of the world, and you you're high. You know you get that exercise high. So, one of the questions we're asking our podcast talent is if they've got any quirky habits or hobbies or traits that we may not know about. Ah, gee, I don't know. No, no, that's all. <laughs> no, no. Not, not that I know of. Very straight laced. <laughs> well, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm straight laced. I'm just just easy going. Happy to make, you know, happy to, happy just to, to go with the flow the majority of the time. Very, very, very hard on myself, I think. But, you know, that I think that comes from sport and I think yeah. that comes from trying, irrespective of whatever situation you're in, you're always trying to do your best and then whatever comes of it, comes of it. Yeah, no, no quirky habits. I'm sure I do. You have to ask my husband that question. <laughs> I don't know if that'd be quirky though. He'd probably say more annoying. <laughs> but... <laughs> 